Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode 12 of Love Cars on the Grid, the podcast for a global motorsport roundup. Uh, of course, we've got the Baku Grand Prix to look at. Very exciting uh, Formula 2, exciting with a bit of a rant from Dan Tictum. Um, much more as well, a bit of WRC and MotoGP. But first, I'm frustrated. There's, there's not much excitement on this channel. I can understand people not wanting to hear my opinions and views on motorsport and motor racing. But Tiff Nadell, you're the oracle. I wish we were... Oh, I wish you spread were the world if you like. Yeah, so it's a nice bit of Monday night banter, discussing one. People miss out what's going on around the world, and so it enables you to catch up. I don't know why we have to we have to hit the button somehow. We're doing something wrong with YouTube's at the moment. But I have no idea what. On the on the main channel as well. It's, it doesn't I know we happening. We thank you very much for your very generous comments. You say some lovely things about us, but just not enough of you seem to be watching at the moment. I did that electric. Um, electric tesla race card and i got like two million in a, in a flash of a hand and, and now we're getting twenty thousand. but um any, uh, let any, us know why if you yes, know please. go on the comments and tell us how we can expand please we're anything we're, we're trying to do everything that they say to be regular <laughs> every wednesday every friday do uh, every sunday do regular videos do um, high quality videos we're trying to do everything so if you if you happen to be a a youtube uh, guru please do get in touch so, or, or just if you're not a youtube guru just let us know in the comments below but without further ado the baku grand prix wow it was quite exciting <laughs> a bit of yeah it's a what a great circuit i love that it's completely different to yeah. monaco with that long straight couple of drs zones that makes it mm. so different also a lot more tight corners people think monaco's tight it doesn't have those sharp 90 degrees. Monaco is quite a flowing circuit when you get going with that one very, 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 very slow hairpin and the rest gas packs. But uh, there were so many of those 90 degrees and so many people down the escape road in qualifying practice and so many hit the wall. You know, we had Leclerc or we had, I, I can't remember, Ricardo, Giovinazzi, Mazepin, of course. Was it Ocon, Sununodo, who had had such a good week and finally buried it on the right at the end of qualifying. But... Of course, it's quite interesting because it's, it's, it's part and parcel of the cars they're now driving that cause this problem because you've got such fantastic brakes nowadays. The brakes are awesome, which we'll come to later in the race, obviously. Um, but they have this fly-by-wire, so the brake balance is down to the computer. And, of course, the modern driving style is to brake into the apex and to bleed your brakes off to brake as late as you can, including up to the apex. A bit of trail braking. As soon as those fronts, you know, trail braking, as we yeah. call it, but I don't, they probably don't call it that anymore. Now they rotate cars instead of turning them in. But There's probably a new terminology for trail braking. Um, but as soon as those front brakes just snatch once, then you've lost your, your turn into the apex and you're in the wall. Um, so it is a sort of, they all look like Muppets, but it's a bit of a, a price they pay for these high-tech cars they're driving nowadays with so much downforce. But uh, And qualifying annoyed me a bit, you know, oh, flipping, what's his end, Crofty, banging on about the toes, worth 0.6 the toes. I mean, even if the slip sheet is important, which it is, you know, we saw that at one stage, there weren't the top six covered by 0.003 at one stage of qualifying. So when incredibly close qualifying times and yet Crofty's banging on about getting a toe and getting a toe which rather annoys me I think sometimes you need to ignore what's going on and just look at the at the, at the entertainment given when when qualifying was so close 
Yeah, I think he's. I think he's brilliant. I love. I love. I love his. Uh, you know, to be able to talk like that for best part of two hours <laughs> and to build talk. up to it as well. Yeah, he's very, very good. But uh, and his factoids as well. His stats they drive me mad. This is the first time he's in third place on the third lap of a Grand Prix since 1988 or so. You know, I don't want to know all the extra detail. Crofty just See, paint like the pictures. It. I like it. See, yeah, what, what you're obsessed with two second pit stops, aren't you? So that's you, you know. But you mocked my uh, my pit stop uh, trivia. So fastest <laughs> pit stop was one point nine seconds. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, four point six seconds. Yeah, so and it... why? 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 Go on. Why? Because Somebody... another car came in the pit okay. lane. Okay. Well, how maddening is it that you lose a race because you do a two second pit stop, like Red Bull did a two second pit stop, and you can't leave your pit box because someone else happened to come trolling down the pit lane but in still, your way. So, it's, but still, the the Mercedes. Uh, uh, pit stop would have been getting close to three seconds, if not over three seconds. So there's a second difference. A I second. know it matters. I, I know think. it matters, but I just find those pit stops over, like racing, over high tech, over complicated. And um, I mean, I'm rather happy in the end that Brown Lewis lost because of over complicated cars. He was he shot himself in the foot when he. Well, let's um, talk about that with the brakes. So we could see them uh, see the. Uh, so they did the restart uh, after poor old Max Verstappen. Uh, and oh. we'll get on to the Pirelli thing in a moment. Tires. Yeah, but uh, so they did the restart. Lewis in second, and I thought he had the line there for, for first place. Certainly looked like he outbraked him. I got it. And then we realised why. And, and it's all well, because... No, he'd done the overtake off the line. He was alongside before they got to the braking zone. It was then, then when he went for his brakes, he only had front brakes because he knocked his toggle or whatever it togs knocked. I mean, it's quite a good system. They all have that system. You can see his, his, his front brakes were really hot from the parade lap. So what they do is they toggle, they turn off the fly-by-wire rear balance, most of it. So you can overheat your front brakes on that, which puts heat into the tyres, which gives you the grip at the first corner. Now, he says he'd switched it back to normal before the start. And somehow, when he took the start and moved slightly, jinked the left he somehow knocked the toggle back on again, which disconnected his rear brakes, which is why he just went sailing on. So high-tech science um, shot himself in the foot. But uh, wow, it would have been quite a... Somebody like Lewis, the world champion, the world's best right. ever racing driver, to do something a, a fundamental mistake that mere mortals like I did it. Park, it locked up my brakes. I didn't have any toggles. I just had... No. Lack of talent, but I mean, uh, it is amazing how they manage those switch, those steering wheels. I couldn't do that, I don't think. I mean, they, they are incredible how they can drive at such high speeds and do all these different balances. But on this occasion, too many switches on the steering wheel. It's like it was one, one too many switches on his steering wheel. But um, of course, that was all set in motion by the tyres. And I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Formula One commentators, uh, who do we have in the box? It wasn't Karun. Who was going on about you know, the tyres? This is disgraceful. It can't. But Paul DeRester. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I think tyre failures are a part of motorsport. Actually, it's it an attack Anthony on Pirelli. Hamilton, I, Anthony Hamilton, I think, was uh, saying how, how awful. I don't think Paul DeRester was saying it so much. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you, you get punctures. I mean, I think still Pirelli is saying that they were, they were damaged with, you know, the dreaded carbon fibre bits, which is exactly. another motorsport problem where I sort of say we well, can't have all these carbon fiber appendages that are so easily cracked into little tiny bits. Um but to have a go at Pirelli I think is pretty unjust. You know you can you can set your car up to have too much camber or caster or which is why Pirelli have a regulation um pressure in their tires because they say well you can't start really low like they'd love to because you'll break the tire, you know. 
So we all know that the teams will push their tyres to the limit. They've got new tyres this year because they got so much downforce back unexpectedly last year that they, you know, they're pressuring the tyres too much. Uh, and maybe you know, 200 miles an hour, you've got a lot more downforce, and that's, you know, push the tyres. And it only needs a small cut. So, you know, I mean, NASCAR, every race meeting, there's a tyre explosion. It's something, so, because again, in NASCAR, they put more and more camber on. They want the grip. They know they risk tyres exploding. Um, and however strong they make the tyres, the teams will put on more caster, more camber uh, to try and get more grip out push of that tyre. to the limit. Yeah, which is what you know Formula One always does. So to, to jump on the bandwagon and give Pirelli such a hard going over before they even really knew the cause, I thought was a bit out of order. You can't you tires can't, will tires you, will puncture. But you can't go accusing without knowing the details. Yes, we can we no. all do. We all jump to conclusions, but but yeah, they're they're paid not to jump to conclusions really and to see both sides yeah. of it. So uh, yes, but what a happy podium, mate. What a happy oh, podium, wow. mate. Sebastian Vettel, Chico. second place. Yeah. Chico Perez. Sebastian Seb was third, third, yeah. Oh, sorry, third place. But that had yeah. to be the... That had to be the... No, Seb Gasly was second. second. Gasly, Gasly was second, was it? No, Seb was... No, second. that's right. You got yes. <laughs> Vettel, because Vettel had the new tyres. Yes, yeah. Seb got... You know, Chico was, you know, I've, I've still been sitting on the fence with Chico. Everybody thought he was the answer. He would do what, what um, Gasly and Albon couldn't do. And, you know, the first half of the season, he hasn't really got on top of that car and qualifying. But finally, he proved that Red Bull miss, have found someone uh, that could follow Max and do the job they need to take points away from, from Hamilton and, and the others. So yeah, really happy podium. It was great. Um, it good was drive by Lando again. Happy podium. I love that. That's a really good saying because it was three. You, you would have got some good odds on having those. <laughs> yeah. podium, that's for sure. But would would Chico have if Lewis managed to hold it in in turn one or uh, yeah. off the line? You got to say that Chico Chico would have been second place because it, I don't think yeah. There's no. He would have got back again in, in yeah. those two laps. Ferrari on pole, Leclerc again, but they were so easily overtaken in the race. They've either got a bad DRS system, they've got a lot of drag, maybe they've got a lot of downforce, which has enabled them to get pole at Monaco and then at uh, 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 Baku. And, but they, they were very vulnerable, both Sainz and him in the race, for being overtaken. So a bit of a disappointing fourth for Leclerc. But Charles, Lando Charles, again. But Charles, fifth. sorry to interrupt here, but Charles uh, was overtaken without DRS for, in the first two laps, so he went down to fourth place. Yeah, look. With no they DRS. got drag. Well, so, no, they're draggy. That's what I mean. They're quite yeah. draggy Ferraris by the looks of it. On the so, um, and yes, Lando Norris, uh, little little superstar. What a what a great yeah. little ambassador he is for the sport. And Fernando still fighting. Fernando, he stole sixth <laughs> off of Sonoda in the last lap. Poor old Sonoda got a bit shuffled back. He, he'd finally had a clear weekend and uh, was running only two spots behind Gasly and then he got badly shuffled on that restart but it's good to see him finish a Grand Prix and get his, his self-confidence back a bit um, it, someone of course the... we haven't mentioned was, was there another was there another Mercedes on the track at all did, oh. did you notice one I wow. saw Lewis Hamilton doing a lot but was there yeah. another one there that was embarrassing really embarrassing I know I don't know what's going on there, but uh, but no, I think I mean, it shows to me how good Lewis is, you know, because I think in all the practice, they were almost, they were both really badly, you know, but Lewis has that ability to, when times are tough, he just can find that can. extra motivation, that extra bit of speed that launched him up the grid and then, uh, you know, did such a fantastic race. I mean, he was, he was chasing those Red Bulls for, for all he was worth. He was, he was I don't think he, would ever, he wouldn't have caught them. 
as as Crofty said, he was on a knife edge, and actually he's he's right. One thing you say about Crofty knowing all the stats, I reckon that must be the first time ever that Lewis Hamilton has finished last in a race ever, because he's not he's not finished before. He's had lots of DNFs, but surely that must be the last time he's ever actually finished in rock solid last place. I wasn't even sure he drove round to the finish line, did he? I, I didn't know he'd gone into the barriers. I've no idea. I haven't even looked at the results properly. I didn't, really I didn't. care. What's... I'm not sure he finished. So did he imagine... drive round? I thought. I thought I saw he was a few seconds. I don't even know, but uh, I think um, I'll have to check now. Now I'll have to check now. <laughs> if so, Mazepin beat Lewis Hamilton, which is brilliant. <laughs> it's good. It was a very. It was a very exciting race. I loved Baku. I thought it was uh, lots of drama. Yeah, so I've the... always liked it there. So for football fans, soccer fans, um, Baku will be uh, on the agenda again coming up as well. But this is, of course, on the road, on the grid podcast. But uh, so the European Championships are being held in... Um, oh, are they? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're there as well. So, yes. So um, should we stay in Baku with uh, Formula yep. 2? And I think we've got to yes. get off. I know it's not about this. I know it's about the winners. <laughs> I know it's about the whole weekend. But Dan Tictum. He's got, oh, he's got sass, he's got confidence, he's got arrogance, he's got ability. Oh, but brilliant what, car control, fights back he through. He's a fabulous driver. So badly oh. for me, and I, I like him. I want to, yeah, I want. We yeah. always support him on every single one of these podcasts because he's such yeah. a brilliant driver. But God, you don't throw your toys out the pram like that. You I know. Just, we all get well, even at the end of the race, even post race on Instagram today, he's posting, you know, that result was beyond ridiculous. And he's gone back through the incident and said the cars ahead of him braked early. So he went for the gap. <laughs> he was already going for the inside on the straight, you know. He, I mean, he comes up, you know, we all know turn three is, is one of the tightest. You cannot get three cars. The commentators were all saying, you know, it's not a three car corner. Yeah. But, you know, he, he the two cars they had been poor Cher and Armstrong on the outside, so he pulls to the inside. But he hadn't actually got fully alongside poor Cher, let alone Armstrong, who was on the right. And only he knows that he's trying to make three cars go into a one-line corner. So he's got to get towards the braking zone and realise that, you know, poor Cher is still alongside Armstrong. This isn't going to happen, Dan. <laughs> Break earlier, survive, continue the race, you know. I mean, I mean, Armstrong probably never even knew Dan was there because Armstrong gave Porsche a reasonable amount of room so they could have gone too wide. But only Dan knew that someone was trying to make it three wide. And just because maybe, which is debatable, Porsche might have been hit by Armstrong. <laughs> Dan's blaming Armstrong for squeezing Porsche into him. But Armstrong had no idea Dan was trying such a crazy manoeuvre on the opening lap. Look, emotion is good, and particularly when you're in the heat of the battle, the, the emotion is just incredible, as you very well yeah. know. But, you know, you've got to calm it down a little bit. He's a professional racing driver, and, and he's got a lot of people who look up to well, him. Well, he's, again, you know, he's saying on Instagram, you know, he, he's fought so hard to get here. This is his last year of make or break. He wants to be a Grand Prix driver. Well, if I was Williams, he's a Williams development driver, official title. He's one of the Williams crowd. Well, I've got, if I'm a Williams boss i'd be thinking i'm never going to put him in my grand prix car exactly. that's how he yeah. behaves so yeah. someone from williams has got to shake him and say dan stop saying these things you know we're never going to put you in a grand prix car if you act like this however talented you might be and you know sadly he's the only british driver doing regular former two now and we've only got two british drivers in former three so we're actually quite short of british drivers on the escalator to formula one 
Uh, fortunately, you know, we've got Lando and George who've got, you know, 10, 15 years ahead of them once uh, Lewis maybe retires. Um, but we are short of, of British drivers on the, on the ladder. And so we'd love Dan to come, come good, but uh, he's, yeah, he's got to be He's an amazing to. talent. He's an absolutely amazing talent, but it's, all, it's not just about your talent, as you just said. It, you, you are representing that brand. Yeah. So whether, whether he goes to Red Bull Alpha, wherever where yeah. he goes, he is representing that brand. Yeah. No brand wants to hear their driver having a big slanging swearing yeah. match at the officials and at their fellow drivers. No, no brand it, wants to see that. He absolutely caused that accident and he's still ranting but and raging. He, but even if he didn't, Tiff, even if he was innocent and he didn't well, yeah. cause that accident, yeah. you just yeah. don't conduct yourself don't, in that way, no. in my opinion. But it was, <laughs> it, but yeah, Dan, keep doing what you do in terms of on the track <laughs> and the driving because you are phenomenal. But just, uh, maybe, just, just keep that to your friends and family and uh, your nearest and dearest. <laughs> but Good other, double win though, Yuri Vip. Yes, Joe. Yeah. He won a, He won the second sprint race and he won the feature race. So, twenty-year-old, uh, he's a Red Bull back protege. So, uh, an Estonian heading the right way up the ladder. And um, and of course, the other highlight of the Formula Two race was was Alice Powell commentating. I don't know if you heard she these. Was brilliant. I, 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 I know. Very good. Um, 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 her technical input is excellent. You know, she talks really well about the drivers and what's going on. But she went, she went for some Murray Walker awards, though, I which I caught. She, I'll read them out. She did a clap. Alice, this is lovely. Don't worry about it. I was a commentator for many years doing Formula 2 and Formula 3. And I made lots of bloopers. So bloopers are all part of being a commentator. But now she talked about Formula 2 uh, never fails to disappoint. <laughs> Never disappoints Alice or never fails to, to entertain. But I thought her best one, when she commented on a, an overtaking manoeuvre, she said that was a checkbook overtaking manoeuvre instead of textbook. <laughs> Alice, don't worry. They're wonderful. These uh, things come out the back of your head when you've finished a, a live race out. commentary. Yeah. But uh, it's good to have her doing those comments. And, of course, you know, it, it's there as well. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's, it's good to hear uh, somebody knowledgeable and fun doing the commentary. I really, really enjoyed that commentary. Um, so it was good. F2 was good. F2 was exciting, uh, you know, given the track and, and the cars as well. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, should we move on to WRC, which is a little bit dull, really? Yeah, another dull. I talked about this, you know, last week. I forget where they were, you know. There was only four WRC cars finished ahead of the, the WRC2 pack. And it's just this, you know, Hyundai versus Toyota rally. And Hyundai's yet again shot themselves in the foot. They were fastest, Octanac. I mean, he had a rock. I mean, bless him. Rally would drive me mad. You know, he came around a blind corner. There's a bloody rock in the middle of the road. And he hit it and did the suspension. And Thierry Neuville as well had problems. Um, but so didn't, ever he, reliable didn't, but didn't he try and, didn't he try and, instead of going over the tyres, go over the middle of the car and then, He's brake hard and then accelerate to try and lift the car up a little bit and try and ride well, apparently Ogier did that so oh, yeah, yeah, did that. Yeah. That was a story. But sometimes you just can't miss those rocks. And it's a very it's a very frustrating form of sport rally as a driver. You know, you've got the first car starting road sweepings, always one moan, and then you've got rocks that happen to come out in the middle of the road. Uh, but, you know, through it all, the Toyota pair cruised to, to another one, two, you know, with Auger ahead of Elfin Evans. And I'm with Elfin, Auger's just always got that little edge over him with experience. I think Elfin can't wait for him to retire, which he's supposed to be doing this year because it was another win for Auger. Um, Neuville's, um, you know, managed to, to, to gain third for the, for the only sort of surviving hind eye that was any good. Uh, Takamoto Katsuda, the sort of, I mean, he is Japan's driver, but he's not there on 
being one of the fastest rally drivers in the world, we had another good fourth place. But it's they were all well spread apart, and um, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know how you make this amazing sport more entertaining to the, to the viewer, apart from the you know the stopwatch anoraks. So yeah, of course Ford aren't on the pace. The other manufacturers there are three manufacturers in the game. Uh, Gus Greensmith had another uh, gearbox problem or something, which put him right out of the picture. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with rally. And, of course, they're introducing a hybrid version. Is it next season? I'm not sure. Or 2023, I don't know. So, yeah, rallying a great sport, but not very entertaining at the moment. But unlike, yeah, unlike... You're going to say MotoGP, same as me. Yeah, yeah that was brilliant. <laughs> but the Moto3, it almost got silly. <laughs> on, the, on the penultimate lap, it actually got a bit silly because they the slipstream all the way down past the stretch was so important. People are going from first to tenth and tenth to first. <laughs> and all these children lined up, almost ten abreast across the track, approaching the, the penultimate because none of them wanted to lead. Um, <laughs> We have to start with poor John McPhee, our only British representative there. He was in the lead and he just got too much throttle, high sided it out of turn two, uh, having led the pack. Um, our, our other protege, our adopted protege, was Susie's adopted protege, of course, uh, Costa. He qualified 25th. How could you go problems. from winning all your opening races and just setting the world on fire to and he, he was in the lead he, he was in the lead about halfway through the race from 25th and he actually started that fateful um final run down the straight of bars in second place after all the everyone in the slow bicycle race and he he went from second to 14th on that plunge into turn one wow. and got back and got back to seventh during the rest of the lap to the finish line so uh, moto three is it's a bit crazy at times um Moto2, steady Sam this weekend, didn't fall off and didn't win, seventh for Sam Lowe's. Uh, and Jake Dixon, our only other British competitor in MotoGP, um, he fell off in qualifying, I think it was wet. He actually started 32nd and, and had a reasonable battle up to finish 18th. So maybe Jake's coming back. But so uh, we need some winners. We need some British winners. They're all over in super bikes, aren't they, our British winners? So where's... But, uh, yeah. Where's MotoGP next weekend? Are they around next weekend? They're not out, no. Because we should say a great win, of course, of Miguel Oliveira, uh, the Spanish, the Portuguese guy, not Spanish, of course, in his KTM. First win for KTM this year to break the sort of Ducati Yamaha mob. It was Fabio Quattararo. It was so clear out on pole. I think every one of his qualifying laps was quicker than anyone else. And he has become this, you know, firm, firm favourite to not fall apart as he did last year. But he got a bit mugged at the start and he was battling back. Then he's Oh, you didn't see this, maybe his leathers unzipped themselves. So, <laughs> with about three, he actually took it. We sort of throw something out. It was his chest protector. We then had this bizarre thing because he's onboard cameras looking right at his face of a completely naked <laughs> chest. And a commentator saying, Black flag and black flag. They're all terrified, you know, because he fell off with his leathers unzipped. Um, and the, the, the injuries could be horrendous. But he kept going to the finish. He did get, um, I think, a 10 or 20 second penalty for, for riding without your safety equipment that you have to ride. But it was quite a bizarre um, end to the race for Quattararo. <laughs> of course, yeah. the final thing for MotoGP, Mark Marquez fell off again. He's trying to come back from this horrendous arm injury that put him out for the whole of last year. Uh, and he's, he's now, he's four races in a row, he's ended up in the gravel. Because he's on a Honda, which isn't competitive. 
So, of course, not only is he trying to make a comeback, he's trying to impress, he's pushing too hard in a, in a bike that's by no means a front-running bike and in the gravel, as was Valentino Rossi, who we mentioned, you know, Mugello last week out, um, falling give, again. So Give it up, give it up. Go and I sit know. on a beat, drink some pina coladas and enjoy your life. But thank you, MotoGPs, as always, for most of amazing entertainment. Yeah. And the, um, the biker... The biker boys love pointing this out when we're, when we're debating a boring Formula One race. Don't they? they always say, watch MotoGP. Well, it's, it's certainly entertaining. Um, where else are we going? We're going to Nürburgring. Oh, the weather yes. wasn't so good, was it? But it was, uh, I like this format. It was um, uh, world touring cars. Um, oh, you can't like it, Paul. Well, you can't no, I like, like it. Ca- I, like the, I like the cars. Boxes. I like the cars. I like the cars. That's what I like. That's They're it. dull. Dull, dull, front-wheel drive hot hatches. All the racing is into turn one where they bash each other sideways and pull it straight with their front-wheel drive, which you're able to do with front-wheel drive. But in a three-lap world tour, world championship race, three laps. The world touring cars should be 500 kilometres with two drivers, you know, big, powerful rear-wheel drive saloons. Um, race one, Honda beat links. Race to reverse grid, reverse grid for a world championship event. You cannot have world cha- reverse grid in world championship events, which led to a very simple Hyundai Hyundai one two in race two. But um, no, the reason to go to Nurburgring was nothing to do with world touring cars. It was the twenty four hour race, okay. and that had the weather from hell. I mean, it's a race I've always wanted to do but never done. But looking at that, I mean, you're halfway around the Nürburgring on slicks and you're met with a flooded track and thunderstorms and they're skating off, then there's fog and it's a perilous lottery. It always seems to be like that every year. Isn't it? It's amazing. One side, beautiful sunshine. The other side is just horrific weather conditions. But did you, is that the more your style, is it, as opposed to the little front-wheel drive hot hatches? uh, You can't have a world championship with reverse (laughs) grids and little shopping trolleys. (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of which, our boys, Tom and Nick, they took the Hyundai i30N to that last... Of course, yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. We'll put a link here for the the 60 or 70 of you that watch this video. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it means you've probably watched that video as well. Okay, so let's get over the pond to NASCAR. Yes. Your man number five. Oh, that number five. I'm afraid to report that NASCAR is going to get very boring for the rest of the year because Kyle Larson. I mean, we only started supporting the Needells because Montoya was in the number 42 car when he, when he left Formula One and did NASCAR. So we followed one Pablo Montoya. Yeah, great character in Formula One. And when he left the 42, Larson was this kid that we didn't know. And just the most amazing, a dirt track kid. He's in the race sideways all his life. And he, the Ganassi car, though, although he kept on showing promise, wasn't really a regular winning team. It's not their strength. You know, IndyCar is Ganassi's strength. Uh, and so when he got banned for a year because of his racist comments, which is, you know, a personal thing he's had to, to go through, um, the fact he's now come back in the top team, Hendrick Motorsport, he's now in a race-winning car, probably for the first time in his, in his NASCAR career. And boy, is he showing it, you know. But he's, he should have won two more ovals. He's won three races already. He could have won five. Uh, and he's just, he's, his drive last night was just absolutely inch-perfect. Was, uh, in, was it exciting, yeah. though? Not well, it was amazing at the back. It was, it was on the road course in Sonoma in the deserts. They're all going off in the sand. And the last few laps, there was bump up and the damage to the cars from about place six backwards was just absolutely horrendous. 
But um, no, it, it, he was just, he dominated. He just, he just came through the pack. Every time he pitted and changed, you know, schedule, he still managed to recover. And uh, we're really seeing an era of um, Kyle Larson, who's going to be probably one of the greatest NASCAR drivers ever once he retires. Brilliant. So, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for the Nadell household that your number five <laughs> came alive. And all again. the other Kyle Larson fans, all the other Kyle Larson fans. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Tiff, what we got coming up next weekend? IndyCar Belle Isle, Belle Isle, Belle Isle, even Belle Isle. Happy memories for me. I've raced there. Have you really? It's, it's, yeah, it's a rubbish track with IndyCars. There's nowhere to overtake. It's one of those places you have to go to, and uh, and it's a double header. It's race Saturday and Sunday. I think the sports cars there as well. So I haven't checked that, but uh, I think the, you probably have the IMSA sports cars racing around there. Uh, but now I've invited to drive a Chrysler Neon in a celebrity race. Um, amazingly, thankfully to Chrysler, because I was doing other things, I had to go to America on Concorde. Wow. So it's got two fabulous memories for me. I flew wow. Concorde to get there on time uh, and then raced it. I was having a wonderful fun battle to the lead with someone just playing around when the gear lever came out the floor. So that was another retirement. But um, the only celebrity I knew was, was James Beard from ZZ Top. So it was great to meet a ZZ Top hero. Beard being the only one that doesn't have the beard you're not sure if it's easy tops good trivia so yeah brings back great memories Nigel Mansell was out there racing the IndyCar so uh, Belle Isle Detroit a lot of happy memories brilliant WEC's in Portugal and the Glicken Glickenhaus yeah the Glickenhaus yeah really interesting for you hypercar fans out there because the Glickenhaus hypercar is arriving this hypercar regulation you have to build a road car it's bizarre how I mean Toyota haven't yet either it, it appears that you know if you pretend you're going to build a road car they'll let you in um and, and, and James Glickenhaus is an amazing character. He's, he's a movie mogul. You know, he's a scriptwriter, director, movie financier who's got a passion for cars. He's got an amazing collection. He loves Ferrari. He's got some very rare cars. Had this dream of building his own race car. And actually started with the 24 hours of Nürburgring. Not quite actually. He built this GT car, which sort of seemed to be allowed into Nürburgring. So he's, he raced there for about the last four years, I think, before he stopped coming. And he's built his own hypercar which is making its debut. Fabulous looking car. Looks much better than the Toyota. It looks fantastic. Um, I think, they, I think they, because this... I was going to say, I think, he, I think he follows us on um, on our Twitter, actually, which is uh, very... Thank you. Great man. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah, spending your money. <laughs> yeah. But um, because it's all this balance of power, which worries me greatly when Ferrari and Porsche, I think, come back, they're going to use the, the LMP2 chassis rather than build... No, I think Ferrari now is going to build their own car. Anyway... Because the Glickenhaus has arrived, they've slowed the Toyota and the Alpine to help them, everybody, be equal. So for Joe Public watching this and trying to understand, I'll just read out what the Alpine... So Alpine, they've added 22 kilograms. They've taken away five horsepower by restricted or something and also reduced their energy by two millijoules or microjoules. I mean, this is going to do people's heads in if every race they've got these tiny changes to try and make all the cars as equal as possible. You know, there has to be some meritocracy. Again, this is a world championship. And you've got to write rules that have sort of allowed people a bit of freedom to, to, to get ahead, you know, with their own ideas. And the brilliant so, engineers should excel. If, if they, if, yeah. if you know, the, the, the Toyota engineers happen to be better, good for them. That's, that's Within a budget restriction. That's what I like about yeah. Formula One, because you, yeah, if you spend but... too many millions, you can't let the side, can't let the boffins get 
too carried away. But no, it's a great to see the Glickenhaus. Only one of them so far. They've got two car entries. So it'll be now two Toyotas, one Alpine and one Glickenhaus. And again, great tracks. So well worth watching if you can catch it on TV or, or on Tinternet. We might not be able to watch it live because you're racing as am I. It's a, a, that is a true. Double <laughs> header for the Love Cars team. You're at, you're at oh. Thruxton? Are you at Thruxton? I've got five races to do. This owner of mine, John Spears, I'm in six races at the Silverstone Classic. He keeps on buying another car and putting me in another car. I've got to, we're sharing a Cortina in one race, sharing his Capri in another, his uh, Lister Nobly in the, the Sterling Moss Sports Car race, and an E-Type Jaguar. Brilliant. So I'm driving four fabulous cars, thanks to John Spears. And uh, you're driving a little kit car in Scotland, I believe. It's, it's a, uh, yes, it's a kit car. It's a Caterham, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, yours will be more, yours will be closer racing probably than my racing. So I've got, uh, so, got two races as well up in Knock Hill. So one on Saturday. It's a double header, is it? Yeah, double oh, header. Oh, so after your starring recovery at Mallory Park, Paul, what's the plan for Knock Hill? Do you know what Knock Hill looks like? So it is in Scotland, you're aware. It's quite a long I, way away. You, are you going to drive, the, drive you're driving <laughs> it up there, are you? Yeah, I'm going to drive up, but not, not in that Caterham very <laughs> kind of take my car up but i'm going to look at the track when i get up there whenever it is later in the week so uh i'll, I'll look at it then it'll be all right uh, and my plan to answer your question is just not to over outbreak myself and just stay in contention because i didn't realize that if you just sort of stay there you're going to be in contention because i should be able to keep up with the pace i hope so not kill as as i kind of had the pace in mallory as well so we'll we shall see all should be curb hopping big curb hopping stuff through the s's He's blind. You have to you have to just aim into the sky and hope you pick the right line and come out the other side in one piece. Another, another hairpin for you, Paul. You love dive bombing at hairpins. That should be a, your spot at Knock Hill. <laughs> Do you notice full, on that hairpin? Full, full I was lock. literally I was shuffling the wheel. I couldn't get them. I had my lock on so much. Yeah, anyway, so but looking forward to that. Looking forward to your five races and, and a couple of races for me. So next Come Monday. and say hello to me at Thruxton. For people in Scotland, come and say hello to Paul. Absolutely. And I want to announce officially here on YouTube, on the grid, Love Cars on the grid, that I am supporting Scotland in the European Championship after the idiots of England haven't employed James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. Now, Scotland has two Southampton players. I'm now a Scotland fan. Well, Get me Tamashanta on. Tamashanta's ordered. I, I love the old flower of Scotland, but I'm, I'm English. I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I, I can't do what you did, you Judas. So I'm going to stay with uh, England for the Euros. Uh, but uh, best of luck to everybody, and uh, look forward. To, thanks for joining us. Look forward to next week. This if you've been an exciting one, if you've got this far listening or watching, tell your friends. <laughs> YouTube and the YouTube place is the place to go and make some comments. Stir it up. Tell us what you think on the YouTube um, place. You can't comment on any other podcast, can you, Paul? I don't know all these other places we've heard. You're not really, no. It's, uh, it's a okay. bit more difficult. So come, yeah, get, over, get in amongst the DMs or the comments on YouTube, Twitter, uh, or even Instagram. But um, Or drop us an email. We're, 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 yeah, we'd love, love to hear from you, especially if you can tell us how to get more views and listens, please. <laughs> on that note, have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.